Hey, welcome hey to guys. podcast eight. Eight. Um, uh, we're joined by Harold Bevan. Hiya. Football, football extraordinaire. I hope so. Anyway, I think so. so. Pleasure to see you. It's oh. the first time we met, so it's, yeah. it's great oh, to have you on. Good to be here. Thank you for having me along. No problem. Tuning into some of your stuff, so it's, uh, I feel privileged to be here. Actually. Oh, cool. Harry, you're a great man. <laughs> so, Harry, for everybody that, that probably should know who you are, that doesn't know who you are, okay. who are you and what do you do? Yep, so my name's Howard Beverland. Um, I am 28. I play football for Crusaders Football Club in uh, Irish League. Um, hopefully we'll have a few more fans after today's podcast. Yes. Hopefully, I do. On the crew. On the crew. My athletics club is actually called Crusaders as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's some sort of good like It's meant to be. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's a big part of my life. It takes up a lot of time. We have moved into more time of a full time approach this year as well. Okay. So we're training five days a week, and then Saturday's match day. So it's a pretty action-packed agenda, and we're we're pretty flat out. But it's great. Do you know Monday mornings? You're sometimes thinking Sunday night. Oh, it's work the next day. Yeah. Really, it's into training, uh-huh. and Monday morning. So it's really cool uh, to be doing that, and even if the opportunity to do that at this stage in, in my career as well. So um, as well as that, then I'm a social worker. So I work with uh, young people and uh, children and families in CAMS team uh, in Northern Ireland, so child, adolescence, mental health services. So. Mm-hmm. I work in there uh, full time as well, so it's a it's a busy, action packed yeah, schedule. Yeah. So it's about balancing the two well and so uh, giving the best to both of them. Yeah, yeah. Big, big time. Big time. Oh, yeah. How would you get into the How did you get into the footballs now? How did you where you start it all off? Is it just yeah? Let's so go back back to the start. Start back. Yeah. 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 How how did football begin for you in your life, or what is that happen Football. So looking at my earliest memory of playing football is going back to just kicking about in, in the backyard at home and mm. two brothers so I'm, where, I'm where are you from? where are you from? Balamalli yeah <laughs> up the town <laughs> silly boy over here doesn't know what they're playing us what are we talking about? Cut it down. talk about moot to you me now I'm anyway digressing yes cool so playing just and out with my brothers in the backyard kicking about as a young kid you were pretending to be your, your favourite footballer right? best. three kicks yeah those guys Alan Shearer for me probably I'm a big, big Geordie fan so oh, wow. Alan Shearer was against you. no here well you can edit that picture what do you think <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, so just like in the yard play, playing it um, playing my brothers my cousins and just really enjoyed it for me that was kind of the, the escape mm-hmm. uh, childhood of just going out and doing that what I really enjoy doing and I guess just cool. the, the joy and the, and the passion for it lead you on to take it a wee bit more seriously then as time goes on so again it was just playing at school looking back my first football match in primary school I can remember playing in that yeah. uh, as well cool. and then from that just uh, after school football and there was a coach then who uh, was taking our primary school for football after school and he was connected to one of the local soccer schools just in the town mm-hmm. so he said look would you be interested in coming along we train on Thursday night and you come down and, and see how it goes so I suppose that was the first kind of serious step towards mm-hmm. football and towards more of a, an intentional career type yeah. idea yeah. and that's where it began really so we just played at the local leisure centre for a club called Riata Soccer School which is now the Jordan Law Leisure Centre and mm-hmm. uh, started there and kind of just worked my way up through the, the age groups there at that stage nice. too. Very good, good stuff. What position do you play? Centre half. Oh, yeah, centre half so many is a cut and bruise to, yeah, to show and story to tell good. so it's good, good. I enjoy, um, enjoy that side. From Riata? Yes. How did things materialise and progress from there? 100%, yes. So from that then, there's a um, football tournament that runs. There's two main football tournaments in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Foil Cup and then there's the Milk Cup. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Well, the Milk Cup. Wow. I know all about Never it. Never played it myself, but I always wanted to. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved it. Um, so the foil cup, if you like, is kind of like a miniature version okay. of the milk cup. So uh, I was playing for Korean, so it was the under, under so 16s. Korean the, the nearest kind of big team. Absolutely. So I, I kind of lived between Korean and Balamina, but the connection to our football team and our, our youth team at that stage was Korean, so right. it was a natural kind of progression, if you like, a feeder type club. And was that a dream to play for Korean at that time? Do you know, I probably grew up not following Irish League football all that much, but I knew um, the Korean were the, the senior club in the, the Irish League, and I suppose as I got a wee bit older, began to take a wee bit more interest into yes. Irish League, so for me that was something that I, I, I wanted to do was play for a Korean or a senior club in the Irish League, so mm. it was kind of the next natural progression, and I suppose the highest standard of football in this country, so yeah. um, played in under-16s for Korean in the Foil Cup, our, our manager was a reserve manager, a Korean, so at the end of the tournament, he said, look, I was impressed with how you did. Uh, would you consider coming down and joining the reserves? So I was 16 at this stage, and I guess it's quite young to mm. make a step to, to a senior reserves, club. Absolutely. Yeah. So reserve back then would have been, you know, you'd have been playing against a lot of senior players who maybe coming back from injury or out of form. So mm-hmm. you'd have been playing against good players, I'm senior players. Boys as well, Absolutely. 16. Yeah, 16. Like I was... Pretty, pretty slim and skinny, yeah. like wiry. <laughs> and, uh, so he had said, Will you join? So, my options on the table at that time were either stay and play youth football at under 18 level for mm-hmm. Balamoni or else move to Korean, being one step away from senior football on the reserve team. And, 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 and who knows what happened from there. So, mm-hmm. I made the decision to join Korean oh, that's good. at 16. Um, I think from there, progression went quite quickly. I played in reserves, uh, did well, impressed, and big games that you just knew were opportunities to kind of yeah. show a wee bit of yourself. At 16. And, yeah, at 16, so I was still fifth year at school. Oh. Around that stage. That's, so, oh, that's a great opportunity to be in there. Big time, do you know, and I thought, no, this is just this is an opportunity that maybe doesn't come to most of maybe another two years okay. after. So I just yeah. thought, great. What were you getting with? Do you remember what you were feeling at that time? Like, you obviously it was more euphoria probably yeah. more than anything. You just kind of just, just did it. Yeah, but, you know, when I, when I made the decision, I was 100% sure that I'd made the right one and I was happy with that decision which was good because then it allowed me to kind of to move on from there knowing that I'm 100% clear on having done that so it was just I think it was a case of 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 nerves of excitement of um, you know who knows I think yeah. I'll go from and here. Was, was that a big challenge at the time? Did you, did you, were people stronger? Were people fitter? Were people faster? Or was it kind of more even than you thought it would be? Mm-hmm. Do you know I probably thought a lot about will I be up to the standard, you know, or, yep. or will I be able to kind of hit the ground running and mm-hmm. really get up to speed? And thankfully it happened well. Do you know, I try and, um, I train hard, I enjoy my training, so I'm at training. Always try to listen to the coaches and, mm-hmm. and take on board their advice and also listen to other senior players. Do I think that's big as well? When you come into a team, you're a young lad. Sure. What you really want to do is kind of latch on to a couple of yeah. experienced guys and yeah. say, here, can really take me under the wing a wee bit, do you know? anyone you can specifically remember that could have looked after like that? Maybe in that club or mostly? Yeah, do you know, even, when I moved in into the the senior team, then there was a few guys who was what, what uh, great at that time? 17. 17. 17. So maybe it was, yeah. and again, probably just short of a year in reserve football, and then made my debut at home, the Korean Showgrounds, home to Portadown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose it was Sunday's loss, it was my game, the, the right back. So at, at that stage, I was kind of playing at right back mm-hmm. as a younger parent coming in. Oh. I think sometimes going straight into centre half is, is a big position. Yeah, experience yeah. has made it. Yeah. Uh, so, that day, the, the right back actually, uh, I was on the bench, but he uh, took a back spasm in, oh. in the toilet. So uh, he was 
right, we were ringing for ambulance and meantime I was being told here uh, no. you're starting this is maybe 10 minutes before kickoff so again you're just kind of reacting you're quickly trying to gather yourself and then uh, get yourself sort of go out and play and thankfully it went well I think man could have go fit couldn't he? I'll let him know actually I'm still you tell him. Him. be sure if he's still feeling that back <laughs> right now, you tell him you know I'll let him know I've yeah, got no, I guess that after that first game then you never really look back that was it really you got in I think it's all about you go in you do well you keep the shirt as we talk about uh, so that was that was how it had went really managed to stay fairly injury free and yeah. I guess for me it was coming in and I think as you, sometimes as a young player you can there can be a lack of consistency so with a younger yeah. player coming in it can kind of be a good game then a couple of games and, and then not but thankfully it, it came in hit, hit the ground on the consistency mm-hmm. playing with good players as well and I guess then at that stage you see a couple of senior lads that were good just mm-hmm. to advise and kind of just to, to help me along and I think in games as well, when you're a younger player coming in, you know, you're looking for, for, for other guys just to kind of mm-hmm. have your back. But, you know, because there's wee moments where there's maybe wee mistakes, but if somebody else mm-hmm. is kind of covering that, then mm-hmm. it uh, helps. I'm quite interested in actually um, the whole scenario of the underage football here in Northern Ireland and like how the scouts network work. I mean, mm-hmm. were you approached ever from a Premier League area or was that ever yeah. in your sights at an early age or what I mean? Yeah, um, I suppose for me, I was always, you know, I was always kind of optimistic and, and, and hopeful on how things would go and, mm-hmm. and kind of just thought to myself look I'll come in I'll have a good attitude I'll work hard I'll train yeah. well uh, I'll listen to advice and instructions and, yeah. and if I can apply those things let's kind of see where it goes yeah. so when I came into uh, Corey at that stage I guess as a younger player and very quickly people were were aware of you yeah, and mm-hmm. you know you're 17 you're playing first team football yes. you're doing quite well and, and, and then there's a bit more talk and, and papers and, and media and stuff so I had an opportunity then in the, the Easter time um, of that year to go on trial to West Brom. Oh, wow. So at that stage, West Brom were on the verge of promotion and they were in the later stages of the FA Cup yes. semi-final, I think. Uh, so at a, a week's trial across there, so it's a uh, it's good, a good memories, different world, different, yeah. you know, going from a young lad still at school playing part-time football, really we train Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, mm-hmm. match Saturday very much part-time and to go across there where you're straight in with first-team players as a 17-year-old you were kind of I suppose a bit daunted as well Mm -hmm. because you were you were I remember walking into the change room and and my my first first day at the training ground and and just looked around and seen guys watching tv so you know it's a wee bit you know and you're kind of just you're a young lad and trying to be composed and show that you're not overawed by it but I think the reality is that it's very hard not to be yeah how does that go or what what was the result of that? Or yeah, so from that there, I was across for a full week. So we trained then um, each day across. So I think full time football and Premiership teams. I think people looking from an outward position think oh, these guys train every day and do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, play on a Friday, play on a Saturday. But um, it's quite relaxed. You know, it's maybe end in the morning time, off in the afternoon, maybe yeah. off a day, and the next day. So just really relaxed um, and. Easy one and something. Well, so. absolutely love Northern Irish people as well too. Hundred really percent. Yeah. Was probably you, that, that was probably the start of all the stuff coming through. All yeah. Do you know, the club. Even Brum, I, I remember Brum at that Brum stage, Chris, Chris Brum yeah. was there at that stage. Garth McCauley wouldn't have been yeah. at that stage. John Evans obviously came later on. Uh, but I remember Chris Brunt was there, he was good. You know, even looking around, kind of Northern Ireland guys, you kind of got each other's backs. You know, when you go yeah. into a place and you, you quickly connect, mm. um, because we're pretty water. decent guys, they look out for each yeah, other. Exactly. So, you know, it, yeah. it was Kim, maybe getting a lift to the training ground, yeah. back in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Chris Brunt gave me, gave me a lift back at the hotel. So, he's a decent, decent guy. He's a leg is incredible. And his football knowledge is very good about Aston Premiership, I'm assuming. <laughs> 
Not all. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody was. Good. So yeah. Okay. Cool. So. So that week went on, look, and then I suppose because I was still contracted at Korean, I hadn't the opportunity to play in a, an actual match in when I was out there, which looking back maybe kind of went against because that's you can kind of tell. You can train yeah. and train it, but you never know until you're out on the pitch 11 v 11 yeah. and see how it goes. So look, from this, I suppose the way I was left was that they would come back again, they'd watch, uh, come back over and watch in a couple of games and kind of see how it goes. So from that really there wasn't, they came back again I think that day. I knew they were coming so our manager made them a second telling me so I was all thinking the scouts over here yeah. thinking wasn't the best game and uh, didn't do particularly well but mm-hmm. won on the day but uh, that was that was it, didn't really go any, okay. any further from that stage but it gave you I suppose the, the hunger and, and, yeah. and the experience of having been away and, and seeing what it's like. That was you 17, 18. <coughs> Around that time, that was probably one of the first times I met you, nearly yes. around that time. I would say around that year, if not yeah. just the start of the next one, possibly. There you go. Time flies. Oh, There's that. Oh, 11, 11 years. Um, so then you came back straight into Korean mm-hmm. and you progressed through the ranks? Yeah, um, I think coming, coming back from the trial and then kind of beginning to understand that well, that was kind of as far as it was going. It took mm-hmm. a wee bit of time just mm-hmm. to get my head around it because there's a the feeling of just a. Okay, that didn't go as well yeah, as I hoped. Yeah, absolutely, and you begin to reflect. To be asked to go to a trial at one of the top flight mm-hmm. clubs is huge. Yeah, I would say for everybody else watching you, you're going to me, this guy has, has been higher than me. Yeah, well, I suppose you might say the dog's bollocks. Absolutely. I'm not even going to edit that out. It feels very good. Keep that right in there. But do you know at that stage it was, I suppose you can kind of look at it from two perspectives really more of a positive the yeah. opportunity and, 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 and the opportunity to be part of that and the experience that comes from it or you, or you look at the outcome which mm. probably wasn't what most young guys going to vote hope for but mm. at the same time you came back yeah I think initially just had to deal with it and kind of my manager a pretty, pretty frank words with me that you it's kind of gone that's past now okay. and I need you to be focused you had uh, nothing like career, mental, you had nothing mental health stuff you never nobody really challenged you you don't really get down <laughs> No, feel like a dip of form or anything like do that. Do you know, like maybe for a few games it was kind of just uh, a slight dip of form. Okay. Um, which you kind of just, just dealing with it. And you, then you're coming back into a different environment again mm-hmm. and picking up where you were. So the manager's point of view wants you to perform for him. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, for the manager's point of view, really, yeah, I suppose somewhere in his mind he's thinking, well, that's good that he's been away in trial. Yeah. And that shows that coaches are doing the stuff well and they're coaching well yeah. and players are improving. But I think from his point of view, it's kind of like, well, I'm judged upon what happens here on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So kind of get... Mm-hmm get your act together and, and, and very quickly deal with it and move on mm-hmm. at that stage. Um, how many seasons for Corian? So for Corian, um, from 17, so up until I was 20, 26. Oh, so wow. I was due, the, the, the year I left to join Crusaders, my following year in the testimonial, so that's awarded with 10 years service to a player. Wow. So you're kind of recognised for your, your 10 years um, and it's a time where during the season there's maybe an exhibition game organised mm-hmm. for sometimes to bring across a team from England yeah. um, and there's lots of events and, and, and things organised for you and for that's fans nice to attend. Yeah, so, so I suppose that was the following year but I made the call then at that stage to make the move to big, so big, big decision. Big decision. Do you, know, decision. Lots, you know, there's a lots of things True. to weigh up and 340 games for Cole Rain. Approximately, uh, a captain approximately of the team four. Yeah, just, the exact figures. <laughs> <laughs> just rounded so up there. Progressed to captain. Yeah, so uh, oh, for, yeah. for so for four seasons, Corian, I was the the club captain there as well. Brilliant. Had been, you know, at that stage was the parents would have been there the, the longest, and then from that as well, it was a case of. Have you been around a club? Relatively young captain. Yeah, captain from yeah. 20, 22. 
Was yeah. that Cavs centre backs as captain though? Because they're just Saul stalwart. Sometimes, yeah, because I guess you can kind of say <laughs> that's, that's, it. that's what people describe. That's just <laughs> solid. <laughs> solid. <laughs> solid. And your man, you see, I always got to refer to as the man in Vidic more than my looks, which is a bit awkward. <laughs> I'd rather just for his paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy he was. But yeah, no captaincy was that. Did you feel pressure? Did you feel like it was natural? Did you feel? It came about quite quickly. I suppose it, I'd been. I had a good identity with the club because I'd been there the longest. I right. knew what it was to play for the club. Mm-hmm. I was a local guy. Um, fans knew me. There was a good uh, sense of doing with a local guy and, and, and fans kept, kept behind you well. So it was a case of just coming in at 22. Quite happened quite quickly, but I think a sense of understanding the responsibility, but then just kind of the extra pressure that I had. It probably took maybe a few months just to kind of deal. I know it's, it's an armband in, in, in your arm, but at the yeah, same time, so. there's, a, oh, there's yeah. a whole lot more to it. In regards to you know, mentally how you deal with it. Most people are coming out of uni, you're already captaining <coughs> one of the top flight clubs. Yeah. And there is yeah. Premier League. Yeah, honestly. I think sometimes because you're, you're just being so involved in football and it's very much, you, you don't really dwell on success or negatives, you're moving on to the, the next ball, if you like. Sometimes yeah. you can kind of sit back to, to reflect and take stock a little of, mm-hmm. of some of the things you've achieved. So it's. Off the top of your head, what would be like, say, a time where you experience a huge challenge as a captain? I think probably that first season because. Okay. <laughs> That season, things weren't going particularly well on the pitch. And I think as well, when you're captain, sometimes you can begin to... It's about taking responsibility, obviously, but it's about yeah. knowing what's within your own control and, 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 and knowing what's the responsibility of others as well. So I think from a captain perspective, you take everything that bit more uh, to heart, really, mm-hmm. and you're, you're looking at things more closely. And you kind of just feel the weight of the responsibility yeah. a lot more. And then whenever things maybe aren't going well on the pitch fans a little disgruntled as well mm-hmm. then do you know sometimes you can be one of the first people that, that, that geocriticizing yeah. can come to or, yeah. or or issues can be raised with so it's i was dealing with that there and uh, but i think you know i remember having a conversation with the manager and saying look do you know are you still 100 happy for me to be the captain do you feel that you need to make a change and get something more experienced here because things weren't going well on the pitch i said look mm-hmm. I, I completely understand but i remember having that conversation with him i think then the, the faith and, and the confidence that he put in me to say no, you know, it's not even something I thought about. Yeah. Uh, was probably from that point onwards, then was which allowed me to kind of be comfortable in the position and begin to say, well, you know what, actually, he's chosen me here to be captain, and he mm-hmm. believes that I can do it. So Brilliant. that was the, the start of, of really taking it on from there. So the big move happened twenty six. I'm sure that went down like a lead balloon in Korea as you're the local hero. <laughs> did you but, actually? Yeah. Actually, no. Did you have a chant for you? I have a chat now. Oh, I have a chat now. Have so, no, really. Not really. Time I, to have a <laughs> I know. Goodness, there was. We're going to be doing it at the end of this podcast. There was ten. There was ten years to get one sorted. I right, go on. Is it, is it vulgar? Is it okay? Is it for? Is it PC? No, it's good. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty decent. But I mean, okay. give us a round Come on. on. So it goes uh, higher, better, land, 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 higher, better, land, 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 higher, better, land, 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 Hey, that was quite good actually. That's good. Well, uh, so it's kind of connected to uh, to a song. So the fans yeah. kind of. I remember the Crusaders fans began to sing it away to Glenavon, a bit more than Park. That was the first day I heard it, uh-huh. and then I hear it then pretty much. Yeah, it's it's a good name yeah. to be able to flow it into that. I like that. It is like, I, I think like it, can, it can kind of go through your family for having a great name. <laughs> <laughs> I know they've uh, the crew sound have been pretty creative and, yeah. and coming up with that one. Like, so uh, good, good work. The crew massive. The, the big move, talk us, uh-huh. talk us how that went down locally, and then why you made the yeah. decision. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, so it came about in January time, so it transfer window opening in, in 
January uh, and Crusaders had put in a, a letter to Korean just to say, look, we'd like uh, permission to speak to myself. Um, that's kind of the, the, the right way to go about it and that's yes. the professional way. And, and you know, really glad that that's kind of how it went about, yeah. about and there was no conversations behind backs and, yeah, that's and that's stuff. So it. that was good. It was nice and clear and in the open as well. So um, my manager, um, Warren Kiernan, and it approached me one night after training and said, Crusaders have put in a letter that they came to speak to. So I was completely within my right to do that. I was in the last six months of my contract so I was within right to speak to clubs really mm-hmm. so I had to think about it and um, I thought well look let's have a conversation I think really there's there's nothing to lose there's a, there's a lot to gain mm-hmm. I may not go in it but I think out of respect f- to Crusaders who were league champions mm-hmm. Stephen Baxter is a, a top renowned manager in the league so I think I have a sense mm-hmm. of respect for, uh, to do that and to see kind of well let's see what happens so that happened had a conversation with them um, around that time was very impressed by the, the what he had to say. I was very impressed by kind of his knowledge around my career and, and what he knew, and he'd obviously yeah. done a wee bit of homework into it as well, mm-hmm. which is good from a player's point of view. They know that there's a manager who, who, who wants you to, to play for his team and has done mm-hmm. a wee bit of research into it as well. Yeah. So it's very very impressive what he had to say, and, and very much he said, you know, his kind of phrase that sticks to me was, he says, "What's what's next for for Howard Beverland?" You know, so coming halfway through my career, I said, "What's what's next? What's the next challenge for you right now? You've played over three hundred games mm-hmm. for Korean. What does the next part of your career hold?" And that was kind of it's kind of got me thinking a wee yeah. bit as well because nine years at Korean, I suppose the the, the easy and, the, and and making a decision of an emotional point of view would have been mm-hmm. to stay with a club I had been with, an identity with for ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however. It still took me a number of, of, of a period of time then to think of the, of the decision of what yeah. to do after that, but then I came to the decision that um, the, the next half of my career would be Could playing be for Crusaders. Every player wants to win, of course. Absolutely. And I'm no different in that way. Yeah. And you know, I, I know I've, I have a strong sense of loyalty to, to a team, to, to people, to a manager as well, who put a lot of faith in me, yeah. really, and a club who gave me my start out in my career. So it was a, there was a lot going on, a lot of... I've built a lot of good relationships around the club with players, with fans, board members, uh, but it came to me where I thought, no, I think I would have regretted it if I didn't. And I think in sport and in life sometimes decisions come along and sometimes you you have to you have to go with that and make a decision because that ultimately then shapes of course. the future, really. Yeah. So I felt this was a, a, a pivotal point in my career. Mm-hmm. That was a decision I had made. Was it a decision that you'd considered before? <laughs> I had offers before so yeah. I, I had offers really um, generally at the end of, of, of most seasons really are coming out of contract yeah. there have been inquiries but at that stage I was always thinking I'm young enough yet I'm well settled my yeah. form's good I'm captain of the club here I have a lot of plenty of time left in yeah, my career things, things to learn things are good I had a real strong faith in the manager and, and really was behind his ethos and what he was doing at the club mm-hmm. so, I, so I was always content at Korean but I think come then 26 you're thinking into the next half of your career I think yeah. it was a time to, mm-hmm. for a new challenge as well yeah, uh, for a fresh opportunity and a chance to go and win trophies and Crusaders at that stage were the reigning league champions they went on to win the league that season and then I joined them the following Ever. so that was yeah. kind of how it, it came about uh, and so when you joined the first season they were on a 3 one they were going to win it obviously the third time they won it in a row but how did that play out so I joined the club, they were two-time um, Gibson Cup winners, so this would have been three in a row. Uh, there was a real, do you know, the first thing that struck me about making the move in the club was the 
suppose expectation levels, a team who have been used to winning, a, a team who, who lost very few games, conceded very little goals, mm-hmm. and a kind of sense of an expectation that whoever you're playing against, mm-hmm. you're yeah. going to win this game. Which is nice, yeah. they want you to be part of that. Yeah, yeah. do you know, that was, because it was very clear. Team better, let's get higher now. Absolutely, yeah, I, I think for, for teams yeah, that's true. where, where you're, yeah. you're on top, you always have to make strides to, to keep ahead because you can be sure that everybody else is trying to catch up with you yeah. and they're doing all they can and all the changes that they're doing to try and catch up so you need to make sure you're still pushing ahead of the pack really yeah, so kind of like Manchester United my, my club they're like that you know and, and talking about Manchester United too there's rumours that you potentially almost scored a really really good goal against them can you kind of go yeah, briefly into that I can confirm that rumour can you really can confirm it I can't oh, okay. <laughs> well, do you want me to tell you a wee bit please do here's watching how did you manage to be in that scenario? Okay, so... Sorry, uh, I'm pulling completely away from it. just, just like, happened to come up at the same time. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big memory of my career so far. <laughs> uh, so, well-known uh, footballer in the past, Harry Gregg. Um, obviously, goalkeeper from Manchester United, the yeah. Munich air disaster. Mm-hmm. He, he was a hero and, and saved lives during that, that event and that atrocity. So, from that then, there was a testimonial game that was organised. So, his club, Manchester United, were coming across to Northern Ireland to Windsor Park. Uh, to play against an Irish League select team. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a word in the letter and to say I've been chosen to be in the, the Irish League select team that would play against Manchester United um, in two weeks' time. Oh my that was glorious. And I was like one of those pinch yourself moments. And what age were you that? So that's actually 22. Okay, good. 22. So, Jesus. you know, in my head I was thinking, yeah. okay, Manchester United, a lot of kind of those testimonial exhibition games were pretty sound across like a youth team or yeah. fringe players, but very quickly kind of the word got out that no, this is going to be a proper full team oh, superstars oh, the wow. guys on TV that are earning just a wee bit more than me you know just a wee bit so we uh, we had done some some meetups before the game and, and mm-hmm. kind of went through just uh, some tactics might be a useful thing against Manchester United so, so <laughs> kind of important and then on the on, on the night then uh, we, we arrived at, at Windsor Park and uh, Went out in the warm up and, and seen seen the team sheet originally. So yeah, names, names of, of uh, Rio Ferdinand. Oh. Uh, you had Johnny Evans, you had Patrice Evra, you had Wayne Rooney, uh, Paul Scholes, you had Michael Owen, uh, Dimitar Berbatov. They were oh, the two strikers on this. Michael Owen is my favourite. I just love this already. Valencia on, <laughs> oh. on the right wing. What was it like uh, to play against Paul Scholes? He came on the last ten minutes oh, with the slippers on. Do you know, just just the the, oh, the bedroom slippers on, and just got it and just oh, does what he does best, and just getting balls and pinging them and making it look just so easy as well. Wayne Rooney came on as well the last fifteen. Me, me, me actually got his shirt. Oh, hey, Matt Martin for the last twenty I'm minutes. Sure he did. Sure, he wasn't even supposed to. He probably left back and he was. Like, <laughs> I remember. I never went to miss out. I like him, and that was fantastic. Oh, it was. I think it was a pack. It was a pack. Windsor Park. I played in Windsor Park before against Linfield who obviously play there but to play in front of a packed team a packed crowd sorry uh, was special and obviously Northern Ireland lots of Manchester United fans as well so I think most people were supporting them so continuing on Manchester United you got somebody's shirt yeah so after the game uh, obviously we're all changing shirts and when I tell this story I, I often say you know we swap shirts with Manchester United players, but really they weren't <laughs> really wanting to swap shirts with us I don't think no. I think it was more can I have your shirt so I, as I say my, my, my friend oh, who's making made at that stage got uh, Wayne Rennie's shirt and then I uh, got uh, Nanny's shirt oh, actually yeah. who obviously no longer yeah. there but was Still. a good player in part yeah. so it's framed in the house Brilliant. my own shirt uh, 
it went out into the, the corridor and Wayne Rooney was walking past so I got him to sign mine so they're both framed with awesome. the programme in the house to, that's to, to, to go up so a good, a good memory of it as well but uh, it's cool oh, yeah, yeah, so we're digressing again I, know, but I can't cool. believe Wayne Rooney missed that I claim the fame so we, uh, I can remember the moment so we had a corner a very rare corner when we were in their final third at all uh, I went up and I remember Johnny, Johnny Evans was marking me and uh, so the corner came in. I kind of pulled out to the edge of the box, and I think he was happy enough that I was out there and yeah. not really a threat. Yeah. Of course, he headed the ball out, which dropped to me on the edge of the box. It was bouncing up, and, and for some reason, I went at it with a, a bicycle kick. Oh. And it was goal bound. And oh. uh, I think it was Thomas Kushak who was in goals that night. So it was goal in fairly close to top corner, and yeah. the big man just panned it out. Oh, no. But what happened then was the resultant ball back into the box off that phase, we scored. Oh, so we actually scored. We got beat 4-1, but uh, scored we scored it. You should just say the, the person who actually scored it. No, you claimed it. That's actually your Basically goal. an assist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would give it to it. I So I think uh, after, I think an M- MUTV or Manchester United, the, the write-up and their report uh, of the game had, had mentioned that in oh, the centre half of the bicycle kick from the edge of the box. So, uh, not even Rio Ferdinand could have done that. Here, not even. Like, he's <laughs> quite skillful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's experience. Oh, brilliant. 22-year-old. 20, 22 at that stage. Really played centre half playing against Michael Owen and, and Berbatov, who, oh, yes. Michael, you know, what a career he had as well. Obviously, more towards the end. Berbatov yeah. is one of the technically yeah. just so gifted and silky. Yeah, no, really I think it would have made it better, but if you actually supported Man United, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure, sure half a team did. Though, majority of the half of the fans that people do. They were, they were there to support United. I love it. I love it. Good memories. Good memories. Back into the Crusaders <laughs> season. You first yeah. season the Crusaders, and you want to go to win the thing for the third, the league for the third time. Mm. How that didn't pan out as you expected? Yeah, I think it's probably well, well worded. We. You know, we were going in and we were expecting that we, we had the belief, you know, we knew we couldn't just t- take it for granted that we would go out and, and, and win the games and re- retain the title, but we, we believed we could do it. And uh, and that belief was, was there right up until mathematically in the league table that said, you know, we, we couldn't do it, you yeah. know, we, we had been hit uh, to the post. So, you know, we went long parts of the season leading it and being out of front. And I think probably the last six games where at that stage, the, extra pressure as well which you're coming into the final five six games of the, of the season you're playing against all the, the, the top teams in and around mm-hmm. you as well and I think just there was there was key moments you look back on in the season because people often say what went wrong and mm-hmm. you, there's never just one thing do you know there's always a combination of things really yeah. on the pitch off it you know mentally or belief all those kind of things as well and it was just key games where if we had a one mm-hmm. it would have been just a massive psychological boost yeah. and dent against oppositions uh, and very much Increased our belief then in games that just didn't we didn't get the results we needed and then <laughs> suppose the game that maybe lost it was away to Balamina mm-hmm. uh, last game of the season oh, we lost that as well <laughs> I know Balamina as well they're like of all people they were a swear word for me for years before <laughs> they know they were our darling rivals but oh, we lost uh, in that game really we won our final game just but uh, Linfield had uh, you know credit to them they went on an extraordinary run yes. dropped I think two two points from possible fifty four. Um, so their their form was tremendous the second half of the season and, and we just unfortunately fell fell short so that was disappointing because you go to win titles you, you play um, and, and, and things don't go and don't end out the way that you kind of anticipated mm-hmm. but you know even in that first season for me there was the opportunity to play in the Champions League so because the Crusaders were league champions we drew in the, the open round FC Copenhagen okay. so that's who we played so the Champions League qualifying <coughs> out in 
the Parkland Stadium, which is a Danish national stadium as well. Mm. Copenhagen play there. We played them there and then at home as well. So mm. the experience of playing in the Champions League and yeah, saying that I've played and that was something that you know, not everybody can look back and say that's kind of happened for them in their career. We'll not get into the scoreline, but uh, no, I don't it, think just, so. it just wasn't all that <laughs> close. Uh, but the, you know, the experience of that. And then the season <laughs> after this is where you went yeah. on to continue the winning streak. Totally. So we, oh, yes. we, we, we did that's a bounce back. We did early, a big time. And I think uh, you know, the, the feeling of disappointment was something I think that, that, that drove us on the whole way through the season. I yeah, think of the experience of, of, of the season before did help us a lot mm. in, in retaining and, and winning or winning the league title then the following season. So you know, football is an amazing sport for you know you always get another opportunity to put right something yeah. that didn't go well before. Yeah. Uh, and even how we we won the last game of the season just passed and we won the league title was away to Ballymena, which was the game the season before that we ultimately lost the yeah. title or yeah. went out of our hands at that stage. Yeah. So they kind of have the. The redemptive moment to actually put right exactly yeah, what has went brilliant. wrong the season before was there was yeah. something a wee bit special about that too yeah. and thankfully we did that scoring the winner on an injury time to uh, to lift the Gibson Cup then um, that season well, so first major trophy uh, for me something that I suppose wasn't just two years of investment in the Crusaders but <laughs> was from being that young eight year old playing youth football yeah. playing in the backyard uh, training wet nights, mm-hmm. long distance travel and all those things to, to actually invest everything over all those years to get what we've kind of been in reigning champions. Ooh. Yeah, reigning champions. There's a nice ring to it as it's well. Nice and for sure. you know, we're, obviously the, the plan is to, to retain sure. it yeah. then this year. So. Was, there, was there any, <clears throat> so obviously that, that dip, was there anything that maybe happened at the end of the season or did you come together as a team? Did you, did, was there anything that maybe sparked up, do you think, or do you know? Or I, I think it was then, so there was a disappointment for weeks after as I at that stage was working in Malamina so you know even every day driving to Malamina you were just kind of you were constantly just those mental thoughts and being reminded of the disappointment you know driving through the town after that Saturday where we had we had we really lost it if you like and then being in that town for for weeks and months after was something that was hard to to deal with but I think once you kick the first ball of the next season I think very much then you're it's gone. However, it's it's still a driving, it's still a, a motivation yeah, for yeah. putting right what didn't go well before. And looking back to the last six games of, of last season when we won the league, it was just such a, a strong belief within the team, mm-hmm. um, a determination that you know, we we're confident here we're gonna do this. We 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 kinda of learned from last season mm-hmm. and there was just a real confidence and yeah. experience as opposed to being in the same place the season before mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and not wanting right. the same thing to happen again. So I think sometimes it's more like fear is a negative thing, but often it can be a motivational thing too, sure. where it kinda of makes you think, well, you know, I don't want those feelings again, I want the disappointment, mm-hmm. the feelings of, of you know, letting down management, fans, mm-hmm. and disappointment everyone experienced, I should say, let's go and, and do this and experience. The, well, that, the, the joy rather I think it's not quite nicely because you end up appearing on BBC Ooh. on a TV show called Keeping the Faith yes yeah yeah 100% you tell us a bit about what, what that was about or okay. what the contents of that was yeah totally so that was again my first season uh, at Crusaders so there was a lot happening that season there was obviously the Champions League football then we, we just found out that the BBC were looking to make a documentary on the football clubs and really looking at Crusaders as a club in the past their history uh, to look at 
where they are now. So looking at things on the pitch, but also things off the pitch, the yeah. culture and identity of the club, both past and present. So I remember the the, the producer um, had approached me one night in the training the nights, and he said, would you be keen to feature within the programme? Um, because obviously we have a squad of 25, 26 players, so they were looking for three three players out of that. Mm-hmm. He said, look, you, um, you're the new player, so you're kind of coming at it from a perspective of, of being mm-hmm. new into the club, but haven't played Irish League football for a number of years. And, mm-hmm. and it also says, I'm, I'm aware then of, of your faith and how that yep. uh, uh, you know, impacts uh, what, what you do in life as well, and how you think about uh, things. Mm-hmm. So he said, would you be keen on it? So for me, I was thinking, wow, what a, an opportunity to be part yeah. of that. But at the same time, you're thinking, you yeah. know, a camera stuck in your face yeah. for, for <laughs> most training nights every Saturday. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, and then obviously out off the pitch as well, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I've had uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. I thought to myself, no, I, th- I think this is something I want to I go for. And, and I did. So that involved for a full season. Um, there was a camera really on the whole time, That's training incredible. nights match day they obviously got the 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 insight from inside the change room as well so that's that's a big thing in sport i think because the change room is a very kind of secret place it's a very closed place where it's very much just those within the four walls kind of know what's said and what goes on so they have kind of suppose a camera in there was something that was very new it took a lot of time to get used to just yeah, kind of again feeling comfortable it's like you're in the premiership you know? yeah yeah like it's kind of like the mass like, city like talking like about right, you know? well you were living the dream <laughs> exactly it was kind of like here we've got another chance at this <laughs> So that, well, for the full season, and then they were keen to do some uh, filming outside, so they came to the house, did some footage. So, you know, it was kind of like four, three, four or five hours of, of, sure. of doing stuff, editing things as well, yeah. conversations, and then mm-hmm. they were keen to find out a little bit of what I do at work as well. So yeah. my social work uh, background, they came to work and, and, and did some footage of a few families and, yeah. and young people that I work with. So... Fantastic, went on. I remember speaking to the producer and saying, well, do you know, what's kind of your thoughts here? What way do you see this going? What's kind of the key themes that you might go along? And he goes, look, he says, things generally just happen. Um, and very much that dictates the, yeah. the, the, the pattern and that dictates the, the way that the programme will go and, mm-hmm. and, and the emphasis that are put on certain things. And uh, do you know, some amazing things happened uh, within it. Obviously, it ended up being called Keeping the Faith. It wasn't mm-hmm. a programme, and it is something I'll always explain, it wasn't a programme on... Uh, faith perspective in Crusaders Football Club, albeit there's been a strong history of, of players and managers past and present who, who are Christians, but mm-hmm. it was it was an open canvas. Mm-hmm. It was an open canvas that, that was there to be to be to be wrote on and uh, it, it went down the line of keeping the faith because there's one of the guys in the team who came through a lot of mental health difficulties that during a period of time that none of us knew as players. Uh, very much kinda hit the, the almost the very bottom um, before re- before realising that there there was a hope and he um, became a Christian actually through the program. Came through struggles of, of gambling addiction, of thoughts of suicide as well. Right. And very much he was kind of the key guy in mm-hmm. the program then with it focused on. Awesome. So it just kind of showed that the impact I think of faith or, or religion within sports and how that actually is, is a big thing within sports mm-hmm. across yeah. all levels as well, regardless of faith or who that's in. Yeah. The, the impact that that plays from a, yeah. both a, a, a mental yeah, psychological yeah. perspective yeah. as well so future heavily yeah you see a lot through rugby rugby's quite into the southern hemisphere a lot of the yeah. New Zealanders would do cross themselves before yeah. the pitch or they would do some sort of like ritual before they begin yeah. you know and a lot of faith stuff huge, like, do you know it's a big thing for, for people because it, it obviously impacts your, your life your actions but also it impacts your mindset and so, how yeah. you see things yeah. and how you I think how you deal with 
disappointments yeah, as com- well. Comfort and things Correct. like that. And, 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 and deal and obviously with success too. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a huge part within sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how would you say that and say, Dave, as a Christian, how, has that helped your career? Has it helped you do football well? Yeah. It's, it's, it's helped me from, I suppose it always puts things into perspective a little as well. So mm. moments of kind of failure, if you like, or falling short, you, you quickly deal with it in the most honest but positive way as well, yeah. remaining optimistic and I think yeah. having, having a, I think sometimes with faith perspective, it gives you kind of a, a strong hope and a kind of a joy that comes yeah. with that, that allows you to deal with things in a, in a more optimistic manner rather than mm-hmm. a negative way that, oh, this is the end of the world and mm-hmm. things aren't going to get better from here. So it's been, it's been really helpful just about how I've seen things and putting disappointments into perspective. It also helps me as well just dealing with success. So to try and deal with it in a way of uh, humility as well. So, mm-hmm. so realizing that it's, it's a great success and I've really enjoyed it, but it helps you just kind of deal with that in the right, in the right way and be respectful to, mm-hmm. to, to, to others and other teams that have fallen short really. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that plays a big impact in, in my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that I, I'm ashamed of I like to talk about yeah, openly with, yeah. with other people because mm-hmm. I see in life how and even in my own job from a social work perspective how um, it does amazing things in people's lives and there's a awesome. faith in a, in a creator and a, in a God that, yeah. uh, that changes lives so, yeah. so you mentioned social work so alongside this amazing career in football <laughs> and everything that you've achieved playing for Gintwine and school alongside that you've <laughs> You've studied social work and became a social worker. Too. Yeah. So how did that work? And then could you yeah. chat about slightly how, how do you balance life? Balance that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when people ask me what I do, on one hand I'm saying I'm, I'm a footballer, uh, then I'm a league, and then the other hand I'm a social worker. So the both of them are quite quite different. Yeah. Do you know, almost different. It's kind of like me when I arrived. Right. You describe the same thing. I'm like, I was an athlete and then I did web design. You're like, what? I know. That's <laughs> how does that even work? I think people automatically expect you to say, well, I've, I've done do sports time. science or yeah, I've yeah, studied exactly. sports or coaching exactly. or something. So it's quite different. I would say, I did not do any sports. <laughs> I just went the career route. Andy is the gym yeah. gore in Go15. Guys <laughs> here. Big I say very casual. I was a membership Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so that was a... I went studied at university, did a degree in social work and graduated in 2013. So okay. it was at that stage I was looking along the lines of either physio or social work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a social work then that got the nod. And I went out. So I graduated in 2013. Um, 22. You just became captain of Korea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll connect it. Big happened that year. Yeah. Well, there was big times of graduation year. Uh, being made captain at Korean. So there's a lot oh, going well, on at the long time. Mm. Yeah, the pressure side of things is something that I think sometimes I, I don't always, I'm not always aware of as such yeah. because you're kind of just focused on what you're doing. You're in the moment. You are very much so when yeah, you're, you're, you're looking to say, well, sure. yeah, I make the most of, of these opportunities here now. And mm. I think pressure sometimes you just, I think everyone in some ways deals with it differently. Yeah, sure. And I think you, can, you deal with it subconsciously sometimes too, where you, you just do your thing and then that, that deals yeah. with it. So we, uh, at that stage, I graduated. And then from that worked, uh, I've always kind of worked with, young people, children, families mm-hmm. uh, in, in my career so far. And then just in February this year, I moved to the CAMS team, which is uh, the mental health services for young people in Northern Ireland as well. So that's obviously, I think at this minute of time with, with mental health and, and, and more of an openness around it and more people yeah. coming out and, 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 and very much encouraging people to talk <laughs> about mental health difficulties. Uh, is a time where then there's, there's more of an openness and I think people feel and young people feel a wee bit more comfortable now coming mm-hmm. forward and, yeah, and yeah. coming out with saying this is what I'm struggling with 
So it's, it's it's a big it's a big thing right now. It's, it is. It's that's what I was actually talking to Kathy there about that from Incisive, and they were saying how like the name psychologist that go to a therapist was always is a taboo subject because everyone was always worried. Oh, why you go to a therapist? Yeah, and do you need you? Why do you need help? But it's it's I always felt from my perspective from just from maybe my training uh-huh. was the fact that I train physically, yeah. but then you don't train mentally. Why don't you train mentally? Yeah. And why and why should it be tabooed? What it yeah. should be combined together, yeah. and it shouldn't be talked about in an awkward way. Totally. Like I think from a sports perspective, and even in uh, just for people's own lifestyle, how you see things in your mental perspective, I think yeah. is huge. And I think sure. within sport, sometimes I, I think you know your your biggest opposition every game is is what goes on up yeah. here, yeah. the thoughts that you have and the thoughts that you you allow <coughs> to dwell upon, mm-hmm. as well as such a big sure. part within sport too. But I think. Nowadays, it's good to see more people coming out and encouraging people to come mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. Um, and to talk about it because I think that's the, f- the first step to mm-hmm. recovery is acknowledging that there's maybe an issue there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, definitely 80, I would say 80, 20. When it, from elite sport, in my opinion, the, yeah. from physical, you, mentally, 80% yeah. of the, is, is, is important and 20% is physical because yeah. you just because you're that high end but I even think too it's not even just from the high end it's like getting out of bed in the morning because that's mental that's a mental thing you need to get over a barrier you need to go through that's why people yeah that's just mine yeah so you know like mental barriers can be very small things like you say in the morning getting up or deciding you know to go to the gym gym, pushing yourself to do that and getting over that battle that goes on up here as well and I think you know nowadays there's more young people out there who are are struggling Mm -hmm. with their mental health I think I think everybody experiences mental health difficulties at yes, certain times in their sure. career. There's a difference between that and, and having obviously mental health disorder. Yeah. But I think people, if we're all being honest, that sometimes we're maybe experience a period of, of lower mood or feeling sure. down or, yeah. or feeling particularly really anxious about something. So it affects all of us mm-hmm. in some ways. But I guess then there, there's others where it just has that greater impact upon. Mm-hmm. So it's about uh, providing a service for for young people uh, to, to talk about that. It's very rewarding work that you actually get to invest in people's lives. Hugely, it's 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 a piece of work that really we um, it's a very privileged position to be in to have an opportunity to talk to young people and to kind of help them along through through their life because you know if they can kind of manage their, their mental health there's there's so much out there there's already so much potential in them mm-hmm. to go far in life and to do really well but it's about just trying to provide that support for them mm-hmm. around the period of time generally it's around adolescence teenage years that are already a difficult time to, yeah. to figure out well who am i what's my role what's my identity big questions big pressures at school around exam times too to try and juggle that then on top of that there's any other experiences difficulties in family as well so there's so much they're, they're going through and i think as well even just peer pressure as well to fit in do you know people saying this is this is what you should do yeah. when really it's not pull different directions and everything. pull different directions yeah, I think tough. through the, the sense of, of wanting to fit in and wanting mm. to fit into a friendship mm. group and we all want to be accepted yeah. do you know we all want to have friends but sometimes yeah. that can, can, can cause us to fall into the wrong circle that then has a big impact upon lifestyle choices sure. and, and there's 5,000 LinkedIn friends this is the yeah, impressive He's big, a lot of friends. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. Yeah. You're working full time. You're playing now full trying to play full time. Yeah. Five days in five days. Yeah. How, give us your daily schedule. How does that work? So on on a Monday we train Monday morning. I we then finish around half twelve. I go into work mm-hmm. uh, for one o'clock. Work to six. Then Tuesday. So it works very gracious and helping you. Yeah, they've been very good. I remember having a conversation. I was kind of thinking, who knows how this will go? Yeah. They're like, 
they pay my salary with, with full-time employers so they could have said like no they're like focus on this here well, to, you know, they, they, they were they were really good about it in fairness and I'm very thankful to for it in case anybody's listening in here I think, more, I think more sports sorry to interrupt your, no. your daily routine but I think a lot more sports people could be useful for companies as well too in that yeah. sense so there's a good because obviously we've got a lot of things like your daily routine like you're you're, you're good, good at what you do you're, you're Quality yeah. of work is be high because you're just so focused on being elite and strong. 100%. There's that side of it, and, you know, from football perspective, your recovery. So you're doing yeah. really good things that actually promote your mental health too. So yeah. exercise, your diet, your sleep, recovery, yeah. all those things are, are, are out there and proven the research that they help your mental health and as well. Work for the type of work that you do. Yeah. yeah, big time. It's because they're quite different. Um, it gives me kind of the opportunity to kind of. Do something different. That kind of focus where you, yeah. you, you automatically shift your focus and onto the pitch and what yeah. goes on there as well. So it's about balancing the two of them yeah. as well. Um, teamwork, good teamwork as well. Big too. Time, yeah, yeah. Office space is perfect for correct. Do you know you know how to deal with, especially being a captain. You know yeah. how to deal as a leader. Yeah, how to deal totally. with um, X, Y, and Z. It sounds like it could be loosely yeah. complementary because yeah. football gives you an outlet for everything you work, but. Um, sport in general. The, the, the yeah. work kind of gives you the mental skills and the mental maturity to deal with the football. There's so yeah. many connections how the two complement each other so well. And even you know when it comes to working with young people, one of the, the biggest thing is is building that relationship or, or building that connection. And then some mm. young people you're working with, you know your first your first impression is a huge time to either get that young person on board yes. to say, well actually I'm going to come back for another appointment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think having the, the platform of, of football and sport. Um, maybe particularly more with the, the younger boys to, to say that you're into that. Ultimately, there's a common ground you can build the off that. It breaks the ice. I think there's some young lads who play for local teams, follow Irish League. So from mm-hmm. that side, to help you to build that connection, it's huge as well. Yeah. And it's something that's, that's definitely been really pivotal in a lot of the work. I think so, it's great for the businesses. I, 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 this is just me because I've always been to Gary Longwell and it's what he's uh-huh. trying to do. He's trying to com- get people from elite sports into businesses doing like you're doing because you, yeah. I mean, you I, I for example whenever I lived in Loughborough for two years I felt that if I had my own business I could do you know I trained and then did exactly the same yeah. as I trained and then worked in the yeah. afternoon but I felt like I would have been bored tears or I would have I would have been thinking about my sport far too much yeah. and probably would have got myself into a rut big time so I think it's quite nice to have that, that balance Good. I don't know what you're like, no, I think. It's very true because, you know, you need times where you, you switch off from both. Yeah. Do you know, you can't constantly be, be dwelling on things where you, you use a lot of nervous energy and you become quite anxious and overthink things as well to, yeah. to a degree. So it allows you to kind of switch off, mm-hmm. put one to the side and then pick up the other one I, as well. If one goes wrong, that's why I would have had a lot of things Correct. if something went wrong with the football or yeah. athletics, for example. And then I would go, oh no, but I made a really cool deal in my, or a really cool design in my thing. Yeah. Just yeah. to know that you can balance that. And it does, things. and it allows you to kind of draw on the, the positives from each day from both or if one's not going as, as well you maybe had a good day and, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're helping young people uh, yeah. with their mental health so it's it's always a, a winning place to be it's on as well so add to the schedule you've got both of these things and you also do you speak about youth groups and churches and things so that's more stuff yeah. to your calendar yeah it's how do you get down time or how do you manage your time to stay sharp i think it's important where where rest fits in there mm-hmm. minimal probably at, at yeah. many times but it's about how you afford time to then just kind of switch off and that's something i continue to work on a little bit because i think yeah. naturally and instinctively you, you, you i'm more apt to say yes to things and yeah i'll do that or i can come and, and speak mm-hmm. at that event and mm-hmm. you do that and then you're, you're realizing well you know putting a lot in there's a lot of traveling during the week as well you know football preparation as well because you're constantly preparing for your training your, yeah. your matches as well so it's about being sensible about rest because then you can quickly 
burnout. So it's important to fit in time for you. You switch off from everything you allow time if you're not doing very much. You you rest. Um, you spend time with friends. Yeah. You you know go out and enjoy creation, nature, whether to the beach or, yeah. or whatever that is, or even Generally even fun. still a level of exercise too because yeah. it's something I really enjoy and it clears um, clears my head well. Do you feel the pressure of having to be a role model? Because ultimately you're trying to balance things yourself. In the Christian circles, you put your people some of the place for a top five yeah. Irish team. Yeah. Do you, do you feel pressure in that regard? I think when you come from an environment where you're it's very performance based, you're constantly playing in front of eyes, you know, you're constantly being watched, you're constantly being seen. So whether that be in a football game, the crowds there, even the media and reporters, there's always eyes and people watching. Then you know, when you're looking at on defence and speaking, you're speaking in front of a, a number of however many that may be, and mm-hmm. people who are, who are watching you, um, you, you're going out and you're you're talking about things. So you do feel the, the weight of, of very much really measuring up to what you're what you're saying and really backing up is what you say really what you believe. Because if you really believe it, I think that's whenever you live it out and it's part of your lifestyle more so than I believe it because I say it. Yeah, so it's a kind of case of of making sure you're kind of backing up. But ultimately, you know, there, there's times whenever you know, we, we don't always measure up to what we, we say yeah, and there's times for our goodness, if we're all being honest about it, there's times where we kind of fall below the bar that we raise for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and there's times just to think where, you know, you learn from those things. And I think through life as well, you begin to mature, mm-hmm. you see things differently. I think as well, a big thing is surrounding yourself with good people around yeah. you too. So having good, good people who are positive influence as well. Oh. No team are men there. They're not. They're great guys. So that's a big, this, a big part as well. The team's massive. <coughs> yeah, and doing, yeah. something you, doing something you enjoy, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a massive thing. Yeah. And I, we love every second of what we've been. Peaks and troughs, like you said before. Totally. But you, 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 you ride those, those low times, but then when yeah. the high times come, you know. Yeah. Unless you see this car at your first thing in the morning, and you give you a smile. <laughs> that's right here. Just the countenance is up your day. If you bring a flat white, that's even better. I'm buzzing up here. There's a question I've been Dan asked, yes, and then yes. the fabled words of your coach. Okay. What's next for Howard Devlin? Oh, uh, okay. I, uh, I see myself at the minute, so I've just uh, a few weeks ago signed a new contract with Crusaders, so for a further two two years at the club. Fantastic. Uh, so there's that going on. Uh, social work wise, I'm really enjoying the place I'm in, the experience I'm getting, the opportunity to work quite closely with young people mm-hmm. as well. I do have thoughts, you know, social work career and career then after football, what mm-hmm. that might be. Um, at the minute, I'm currently doing um, a mental health and wellbeing coaching diploma, so it's very much around the, the, the intervention of, coach, of coaching as an intervention. Bring it back in, yeah. Big time. So coaching is kind of something that's it's very fast growing across the Americas, kind of came out of America, actually from a sports perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's the second fastest growing intervention outside of counselling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite different to the likes of counselling and therapy because it's right. very much more focused upon building goals with an individual, mm-hmm. helping them to build around achieving those goals mm-hmm. and very much drawing upon the potential and helping them really discover what they already possess mm-hmm. to actually achieve those goals rather than going into the past and looking at past problems and issues. It's very much where we are now, building upon the potential that's there to set goals for them to achieve things that they want yeah. to achieve in life. Mm-hmm. So it's great. So that's kind of on the agenda, maybe at some stage looking at, at doing that, maybe in a, in a private basis. Um, I think maybe there's a few thoughts maybe at some stage looking into um, starting up service on my own along the line of working with with young people around particularly difficult maybe around the likes of experiencing your family difficulties uh parental separation the impacts that can have upon children 
and families and their identity and how they, they deal with those kind of thoughts. Awesome. So awesome. in the pipeline, so see how it goes. Fantastic. Uh, really Thank enjoyed. you very much, my friend. Massively enjoyed that. Massively I really enjoyed it too. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully the, the viewers the, enjoy it too. That hour flies by. Really? I couldn't believe it actually. There you go. Pearls of wisdom. From the yeah. big man. Well, is there any way they can get a hold of you if they want to have a wee chat or if they want on social media? Yeah, hundred percent. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we'll, we'll put them on. on the yeah, screen cool. No, so absolutely. If we should ask her any questions. Sure, he'll be happy yeah, to no, do absolutely. I'll, I'll make a point of doing that. I'll get you, back to anybody. All the young budding footballers, exactly. <laughs> on access to who wanted to be the best CB in in, in football in Northern Ireland. <laughs> well, here we go. Almost scores against <laughs> United. Does what he wants. Too kind. Too kind. Did you get that hard, hard champ at the end, was it again? We could, did you want to do it again? You all did it again, let's finish it off. How it goes? Our Bever land, 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 our Bever land, 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 our Bever land, 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 land,